Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Med Family. This is uh, Eric and Karen hosting again. So again, sticking to a similar format, we're just going to kind of go over what we went over, what happened this week, and kind of go from there. How was the week? <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of what we did this week. Uh, you finished your CV and HIPAA training for it's clinicals. It's not all that exciting. It's like an no. hour long. <laughs> Still have the OSHA training left. And then I think you should have your checklist done, which would be nice. Not much on the... Well, we had like an unexpected visitor this week. Oh, yeah. My parents Twice came. this week. <laughs> My parents are looking at a... Rental properties in Florida or Tennessee or Alabama, so they've been driving all around. Every state but ours. <laughs> Property taxes here are not as good, apparently. Sure. <laughs> but um, so they stopped by a couple times, which the children really loved, and we got to see them a little bit. Prime Day has happened, so we got a few new toys, a few new, yeah, some Christmas gifts. Uh, some games, some stuff for the kids. We should probably pause and we say Christmas gifts and it's not even July. We don't celebrate Christmas in July. We're not from Australia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like to plan ahead. I like to have a gift closet so that if I forget somebody or we get invited last minute and I don't have time, I can just throw something in a bag and be fine. And if you can find it at a good deal, you might as well buy it because you will give it away eventually. <laughs> so it's, like, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. We just end up with stuff that it's good. You know, like, like you said, last minute we could throw it in a bag and go. And if we ever get invited to a party, then we're good to go. <laughs> if if people stop uh, social distancing, right? <laughs> well, that's not really much of an issue here. It's not really much of an issue here, but... But yeah, um, your, your parents stopped by and they kind of breezed through one day, just had, had lunch, and then they went to up into Tennessee, uh, Alabama, like you said, and then they came and spent the night on their way back to Florida. Oh, I thought it was a, a reasonably okay visit, things considered, and the kids definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. But that's partly why we're, we're doing this podcast on like Tuesday. We typically try to have it done friday and then we would have it have time editing, to edit, yes. and then we'll have it all set and ready to go to be hopefully tuesday we should be more punctual and regular about this but We're tuesday or wednesday <laughs> i'm kind of have that that little margin for air where we will have it done tuesday or wednesday i'm hoping to be more regular and just have it done on like tuesday but we're, we're getting there. And then part of, you know, part of it was the unexpected guest. The other part where I've been continually, my, my journey of relaxing, uh, <laughs> spending hours in the garage. And I've gotten to about halfway through this project. I think I'm on the home stretch. I, this is uh, repurposing our, well, not repurposing, but refinishing our bed that we had. And it has a little bit more curves than I, I thought it had. And then I, I started off with what was basically a glorified cheese grater to try to scrape off the, the uh, clear coat. And it's been ridiculous and a lot harder than we anticipated. I've upgraded to chemical warfare. <laughs> and 
At one point, I was wearing gloves, and now I'm, I'm just done with gloves. I'm just... Yeah, we decided we were not going to uh, resurface or restain our kitchen table. Meh. You, that d- you decided that, that. I haven't. I haven't decided that. <laughs> he hasn't given up all hope, but it's been about a week on this bed, so we're currently sleeping on a mattress on the floor, which is fine. I mean, that's what we did when we first moved moved from the island to Georgia because we wanted to go the cheaper route. Speaking of moving, uh, we've also been talking to the Wait. school contacted us. Are we moving? No, the school t- contacted us about an, a potential family. That is oh, we're wanting just, to we're be jumping there. right into that at, at, at five minutes, huh? <laughs> Someone wants to go to bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay, so someone in the school contacted us. You want to start over? Yeah, go for it. You tell your story. Go for it. Um, and so we thought we would spend this episode kind of, this is the second or third family that we have talked to. So we thought we'd go over common questions about moving, what that living on the island is like, uh, kind of like family questions along with going to medical school. So this most recent contact, their biggest concern was how to educate their kids which was less of a concern for us because all when we moved to the island, we had four kids, four and under. So, I mean, I can teach ABCs and colors and numbers and whatnot, and they'll be fine. But some of our fellow students had used the K-12 program. The only downside to that program is you get shipped curriculum that you have to bring with you. It's all online, which is great, and the curriculum, it's free. But you do have to pack that, so it does add to your weight limit on your bags. The other option is easy peasy schooling and that is... Is that how it's spelled? Easy peasy schooling? Um, you know, I haven't... I... Well, why, it's why been a you, while. Why, why are you looking that up? Why don't you... If you're able to multitask, <laughs> what, what is easy peasy schooling? It was created by a missionary family, and it's, so it's all YouTube or free curriculum that you can have online-based, and she has it all on her website, so you just go to the website, you click in, you create a profile for your child, you can click into, you you decide what all they're going to do, and then it's there for you, so they just have one place to go and log in, and they have what they're supposed to do every day, and I believe uh, she even has you print out certain markers along the way so that if you ever get audited you can show progress with your child it is easy peasy all-in-one homeschool a complete free online christian homeschool curriculum so it is christian so websites all-in-one homeschool.com we're not affiliated obviously we're not a professional podcast by any stretch and no one's paying us for anything (laughs) but this is something that we've spent some time looking into since we have four kids and I think we intend to go the homeschooling route. Yeah, we are intending to go the homeschooling route. And I know I am on a current online homeschool group with free resources. So there's also Khan Academy that's free. There's several other programs that are free that you can use with your children. And Khan Academy is kind of good because I, I use that for some of my MCAT studying, for the physics portions and just some basic areas in the MCAT. Khan Academy was great because it kind of teaches the basic concepts. I wouldn't say I, I was a great MCAT scorer, but certainly if you're looking at 
Khan Academy. If you're a medical student, you might have see, seen it before, at least as far as MCAT goes. But they apparently have grade school level stuff. Yes, yes. Most people that I have seen have been using it for like math, but there's options available for you. I wouldn't count on sending your children to school on the island. That seems very difficult to navigate. I yeah, I don't it's it's hard to get a bank account on the on the island and I wouldn't know how to navigate getting your kid enrolled in one of their government schools. So, yeah, because when you when you move to an island, there's a lot of paperwork to fill out. So, you obviously get your passport depending on what school you go to, you may or may not need an international driver's license. We ended up getting one just because we were a large family, but most people, I mean, our school had buses that would bus people around. Um, I know... If you lived on campus, the bus came regularly. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah, there's H vans, which are vans that they cram as many people into as possible, and We never actually experienced that. Um, That was... I think how it was described to us was it's, you stand on the side of the road and these vans that look like typical minivans, just a little bit bigger, boxier, kind of older style, and you would kind of wave as they came towards you. They would slow down and stop. You would get on and squeeze into whatever seat you had, and then they would just go. And they just ran up and down this the single road on the island, just went to Kingstown, maybe a little bit past Kingstown. and. And then to, I think, Georgetown, which is on the other side of the island. But essentially, once you wanted to stop, you would just hit somebody's shoulder, yell, and then they would let you off. And then you paid, like, one or two EC. And sometimes Westerners got the uh, the, the Westerner tax, where they, cut, they would ask you for, to pay more, even though it doesn't actually cost that much. They just know that you're a Westerner and you don't understand the process. And so they'll take advantage of you a little bit like that. It's not. They're not as vicious. And one EC is five EC is what like a buck, two dollars, something like that. It's not. It's not really an exorbitant amount of money. So they're not really. It's not a highway robbery by any chance. No, and for anyone that's moving overseas, the currency app is free. You don't have to be connected to the internet to use it, and it will exchange currency for you, so you don't have well, to. It will convert the. Currency. Yeah, convert it. Not exchange. And and these vans are unique in the sense that they're famous for their loud music. The music is loud enough that if you were 100 feet off the road, you could hear it very clearly. And so you can imagine what, what it's like inside of the uh, H-Van. And they drive incredibly fast. They are um, some of the bravest drivers I've ever seen. Where they will pass people on blind corners and just go and... But, but be the, aware, like, the speed limit on the island is, there's like... No, there's no such thing as a speed limit on that 25 island. miles They say hour. that, but, like, there's no cop cars ever. <laughs> no, And the cop cars that you, like, in the stage you're used to seeing, they have, like, motorcycles. And they don't have, like, radar guns or anything like that. They're not interested in patrolling the streets. They're... They will pull. You have street cops that might pull you over as they're directing traffic, and I got, I had, I might have experienced that twice. <laughs> yeah, we had a hard time getting our car registered. We we needed to go through the process of getting it registered, and since we had started the term, we were in the classroom. We hadn't made a, t- a tr- trip down to Kingstown to sit and do all that work. And so we hadn't registered it and therefore we hadn't really insured it. And so I, I was going actually, I think once I took a, 
a couple of students into town on the weekend when the office wasn't open for a quick trip. And I ran into a particular police officer who noticed I didn't have a license uh, and registration up to date. And so he gave me a warning to go ahead and get that taken care of. And then the following week, uh, I was following my landlord into town to get it taken care of. And I ran into the same police officer. So he gave me the whole song and dance about how he could just arrest me, impound my car, and have a whole bunch of horrible things happen. And I think he got kind of tired of directing traffic, or tired of talking to me and directing traffic, and he just told me to just move on. And I don't even know how that ended up happening, but... Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was able to get my license and registration. It, owning a vehicle obviously comes with responsibilities, whether it's in the States or on the island. It's a little bit trickier on the island in some regards, and it's a little trickier in America. I mean, in, on the island, we talked about we talked about the international driving permit, and that's actually a pretty good deal. You get it for about a year. Yeah, go to so get it before you go to the island, so you can get it through AAA, and it's good for a year, and it's only like I think fifteen bucks or something like that. It was 15, a little bit 20. more than that, but it, I don't know. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was about twice to three times as much on the island and it was only on the island it was only good for six months yeah every six months you'd have to renew it and it was yeah fairly expensive you have to go down to the police station to renew it right so we chose to get a car because um we lived off campus in off-campus housing because we figured people would not appreciate four kids (laughs) in an apartment um where people are trying to study and we wanted to have a little bit more room for the kids. So we needed a car since we would not have access to the busing system unless Eric walked about a, half, a mile or two down the road, which he could have done. However, it is very humid and very hot and you go outside and you're immediately sweating. So someone recently had mentioned on a, on a conference call we were listening to, and I think she put it pretty aptly, the temperature on St. Vincent really only varies about 5, 10 degrees plus or minus, and then it's just humid. And yeah. the only thing, only variable that you get that's maybe different from day to day is rain. Yeah. And maybe Tropical some storms. wind. <laughs> um, and you don't really get any hurricanes. You don't get any, you just get some pretty good thunderstorms. You get some lots of rain. But I think only once I had to make that walk because there's a student housing maybe about like like Karen said about a about a mile half a mile down the road and I was making that walk because our vehicle needed some servicing and needed a, a radiator replaced and I was making that walk and my landlord's wife actually drove past me and she just picked me up and took me the rest of the way so that was that was nice but let's see what what are the kind of questions that we have when we came to when, when we, either when we came to the island or that people have been asking us. So I've been asked what to pack, and I would pack maybe one warm weather outfit so that you, whenever you travel back, depending on where you're traveling back to. Like we were traveling from state of Washington, which gets snow <laughs> occasionally. Occasionally, it gets cold, and we were coming back in December. And I had no no warm clothes for any of us. So we were coming back in December, and we were flying back in shorts. I do want to maybe caveat that, because while maybe the fam- as a family, you won't need too many warm weather clothes, as a student, if you study in the library, if you study in the conference rooms or 
lecture halls, they have those AC uh, units cranked. And so it gets cold. <laughs> yeah, so bring a rain jacket, nothing heavy, but maybe a, maybe rain a, maybe jacket. a hoodie would. And then for the student, yeah, maybe something a little bit heavier. But you're mostly going to want shorts and t-shirts, loose, breathable clothing. Bring water shoes. Natives are great because those go in the water. Those are native shoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sandals. Depending on your school, if there's any award ceremonies, like we had a white coat ceremony on the island, so maybe one or two nice outfits. And this is referring to the family. As as the student, I can... At Trinity, we do we do clinical rotations at the hospital and local clinics a couple times a month, and for those we do have to have uh, shirt and tie, uh, slacks, dress shorts, uh, dress pants, and um, dress shoes. And then of course women have to dress professionally as best they can. We would have a white coat. We would have to walk around in, so it gets a little warm. You are allowed to wear short sleeve shirts, uh, which is kind of a newer, newer concept, uh, being from the Pacific Northwest, where professional attire did not include short sleeve shirts. Yeah. But as a student, that's what you, your school will tell you what you need to bring. That was something Trinity did because we would have these events where we would go and see patients and we had to put on a professional appearance. Right. For your electronics, you want to have a case or two a good solid case because in the Caribbean everything is tile so if you drop that sucker it's gonna die and especially if you have kids my my phone got broken twice while we were there because my kids a second youngest grabbed my iPad and chucked it across Mm -hmm. the room and broke the screen I think your screen got broke twice because the kids chucked it and then I think I dropped the remote off the counter for our Apple TV, and that one broke. Right. We we brought an Apple TV. We brought... Laptop, Mac, um, iPad. We had two iPads. Uh, yours for school, and then the one for the family. Right. And then we brought solid-state hard drive, which we had loaded some movies onto. Oh, it's not a solid-state hard drive. Oh, that's, that's a server. Oh, is it? Okay, I don't know. What that's something a little bit special. I, I, I have a little Plex server that kind of runs some of our special uh, some movies that we own and some other things that we we use it for that it's handy maybe not it wasn't as helpful on the island just because sometimes the the connection wasn't so good at the house we were at uh just because how the internet was set up we didn't have control over so ip addresses seemed to be on repeat as opposed to unique Uh, so that caused some issues technological issues anyway uh all all that aside is like you pick and choose what you bring with you. We, I, I like Apple products, so we, of course, had a lot of Apple products. And that, again, is expensive if you drop and break it. Uh, and then, there's, of course, there's no Apple store on the island. I, I'm sure that there are some repair places that could possibly have done some of the work. And that, that kind of opened up another uh, can of worms where we, since I'm a little handier with my time, as, as evidenced maybe by the week-long, two-week-long project of the bed frame, I tend to like to buy my replacement screens and then replace it myself. Um, on the island, getting things shipped to you can be... It takes months on end. So what we would do is, since we we were one of the few students with a car, Eric would run like a taxi service. So we'd take people to and from the airport. We didn't travel home 
during the time that we were there, but a lot of individuals or families did. And so instead of charging them a fee to take them to and from the airport, we would ask them to bring something back for us. Yeah, we would have something shipped to their house in, in the States. And then when they came back, they would just bring it back with them. Like I, I had a hard time finding underwear that fit and felt comfortable. It's a little weird, maybe a little bit personal, but... Uh, I took one of my classmates uh, once he came back from Christmas, and that was wonderful having a pair of you know pairs of underwear that were not holy and <laughs> actually fit and didn't give me a constant wedgie. Yeah, well, so on the island we had a washing machine. It it really beat the crap out of the clothes. I'm not I'm not sure if it's, it was the washing machine or just the weather or what, but the clothes did not last near as long, and we line dried our. Everything's, well, everything's line dry. Well, I guess some of the student housing had some dryers. Yeah, the student housing had some dryers. But for the most part, um, you line dried. So just something to keep in mind. You might want to pack a little bit more than you were thinking just because of things wearing down. Uh, those packing cubes are great. and the Packing cubes? Yeah, packing cubes. What are the packing cubes? We had them. <laughs> uh, they're just... You can look them up on Amazon. They're just little zipped compartments that allow you to organize your clothes in small spaces. Uh, We also did the bags where you could roll them and the air would come out so you could fit more in your bag. I guess I remember the vacuum bags. I'm not sure if I remember the packing cubes. They're in in Nora's bin right now. Oh, okay. Huh. So you how much I paid attention, I guess. I, I packed all the bags. Buying a scale for your luggage. A baggage scale. Was very useful. I got all the bags within about 50 pounds. Uh, we did not have to pay anything extra for the weight of our bags. <laughs> there, there, there are more sticklers on that when it comes to international. At least on the way to St. Vincent, we... Took an alternate. Like, there's many ways you can get to the island. There's some direct flights from Miami and Toronto, and I think even the Caribbean airline at the time had a direct from I want to say New York to the island. And those were direct as long as you can get to those cities, and and that's kind of nice. But they were also expensive, and so what we ended up doing was the inexpensive route, which I would probably not recommend to anyone else ever. And we definitely did not do that on the way out. No, but tickets were cheaper on the way out because it was... It was post-COVID. Yeah, it was post-COVID. Airline had just opened up again, so everything was cheap. We made it home, I think, under $5,000 for six of us. Yeah, and that's including, I think, we had had a lap infant, and we had to pay for another... We had to pay for an extra... well, we had to pay for bags, but we also had, on the way out, we a second youngest was under two, and so we we didn't pay for his ticket, but on the way out we did. Yeah, yeah. And then. So it was like half the price of flying. Yeah, and a, a, a out. trip out was like we got we left early. Was it early in the morning? I'm pretty sure it was like super early in the morning. We had a red eye. And then we flew to Dallas. Yep. And we had what. A, six-hour layover in Dallas, which is terrible with four kids. 
Um, my my mother came along to help us out, so that was help nice to have an extra set of hands. And then from Dallas, we went to Trinidad and Trinidad and Tobago, and that's where we stayed the night. We stayed the night there, but the flight was a little delayed, so we got in super late. Stayed the night at a hotel. Now some students do this route on the cheap, where they just sleep in the airport. We no. were not going to do that with four kids and my <laughs> my mom. Uh, so we went. We got a. We hired a few taxis and drove us to a hotel. Spent the night in the hotel. Got up early enough to get some breakfast, and then we got to the airport. And then proceeded to get swindled by the airline. Yes. <laughs> so when you're going into So this brings up another point. Make sure that all of your paperwork is submitted. So you do have to fill out paperwork for residency where you are being held. So Eric was a student and the school helped him fill out his. As a student. And get it submitted before he even got to the island. Whereas the rest of the family, they, the island had changed their rules a little bit. So we couldn't actually fill out that paperwork and submit it until after we had gotten to the island. Right, but in order to be admitted to the island. You had to have a ticket off the island within 60 days. That was that rule kind of fluctuated because I've seen some where it's like within three months and some within six months. But essentially you'd had to have a return flight within a certain period of time. The ambiguous portion of it was about the children, because the children, technically, they could be like an add-on, a writer, essentially, for the the student, in which case the dependents are allowed to stay on the island with the student without anything extra, really. Right. But in our case, the um, customs people felt like the kids all needed to have flights back to the States as well. So we ended up having to purchase... Well, uh, and that was the trick. We had two lap seat children, so they wouldn't let me purchase all the tickets with the kids. Eric also had to purchase a ticket back because I can't have two lap seat children. There is no way I was going to fly you can't somewhere have on my own on with one. four <laughs> under four. That, like four and under. That wasn't going to happen. But... I mean, we got on the phone with the school, which was an expensive phone call, but the school, because the school has these things worked out, and they just, they ended up reimbursing us for the tickets, well, giving so, us a grant for can it. Can I explain that a little yes. bit? Yes. Since I'm the one that did all the phone calls, and I did all the... Go for it. <laughs> so the school did, eventually, they tried talking to the customs people, that didn't end up working out, and then they just said, they don't quite understand exactly what the deal is. So why don't you just go ahead and purchase all the tickets, buy them at ref- in the refundable rates? Because you know if you buy the non-refundable, it's cheaper than the refundable. So we bought the refundable tickets from a different airline because the one that we were flying to get to the island said that we couldn't buy it from them for I'm not sure what reason. So we bought it with a different airline, refundable tickets, and then we were able to all get on the airplane and you know get through customs and whatnot and get on the airplane, which. They actually had to hold the flight up a little bit for us. We barely got there. And then the school, so after, of course, we we got the immigration paperwork worked out on the island. We canceled the airline tickets, got as much money back as we could, minus some fees that apparently the airline assessed. And then the school gave us a scholarship for the remainder. Uh, not not something I would definitely recommend. It's not something the school typically does, so I don't want to necessarily advertise that. No, and they said this was the first time that it had happened in a long while. So I don't think it's a typical experience for a family traveling, but needless to say, that kind of ruined our, our, 
well, it was a hard trip anyways, and then that to finish it off was just frustrating. <laughs> and we essentially boiled our lives down into the the nine suitcases that we brought with us, and they weren't, you know, there was nine suitcases, three of them being carry on size, two being medium size, and three being, you know, three, three being medium size, three being large. And so our entire life was basically nine suitcases that we had to lug. We switched airlines at Trinidad, so we had to lug them all to the hotel, back to the airport, to through. We had to go through customs, customs twice, twice and filling out paperwork twice because each time you land at a foreign nation because of the airline switch, we had to we we do the paperwork. I think on the entire flight from Trinidad to Saint Vincent, I did paperwork. And I got to see, it was apparently very beautiful. Every moment I looked outside, it was beautiful blue blue waters, clear clear day. And the air, airliners that we flew, they don't fly high altitude airplanes. They fly, you know, smaller prop-like airplanes. And so we weren't very high up in the air. And it was, you know, it was apparently a very nice... It, it was a beautiful flight. I, I ended up with two children. Uh, our My mother-in-law ended up with one. And Eric had... One. baby yeah <laughs> our three-month-old while he was filling out all the paperwork ironically the only flight that he had to be buckled in for right that was the pedal jumper and i was just like that's not gonna do anything <laughs> but it was kind of funny that, that was kind of our experience getting out there again it was cheaper in some ways but it was a lot of work i would not recommend it for a lot of people unless you're i mean if you're a single person doing this then then you don't and you don't mind maybe a little bit of discomfort you don't mind exploring foreign countries on your own and then this this that process isn't really all that bad for you but for four little kids and two adults that are a little sleep deprived because like my mother-in-law had a room to herself in trinidad while we had one hotel room with all six of us, <laughs> and so we didn't get a whole lot of sleep you know, on top of arriving in at almost midnight. Yeah, that was a rough flight. I'd, I wouldn't recommend it. You might be able to do it with one kid or even two if you have the two adults. If but, you have older kids, it could work. Yeah, and if you have older kids, it could work, but just with the youngins, probably not. I would pay the extra money to do the have direct from the direct flight Miami, from Miami or Toronto or... JFK. Yeah. And then just keep in mind, so a lot of students did this. So if you have an international flight, the baggage fees are different. I think you get two bags and you don't get charged. But coming back, you will get charged. So a lot of students would sell luggage or sell a lot of their clothing before they left. Trinity had like a buy-sell page. So that was nice because... There were some things that when we got there, we're like, oh, it would be nice to have this, but oh, we can get it for really cheap from a fellow student who's leaving. It ends up being like a fire sale. Yes. A lot of the students are finishing at the time that they were finishing their fifth term on the island, because fifth term was on the island. Now it's fourth term. So they'd be finishing and then they would want to get rid of a whole bunch of stuff that either they had accumulated over the the last year or so that they've been on the island or they, they just didn't want to take back with them. And so there was usually lots of things to have that were fairly inexpensive. Like we got blackout curtains and we put them up in the kids' room and eventually in our room. Um, really helps with the heat. It helps with the heat. And then it also helps like there the sun rises and sets about the same time every day on the island because it's so close to the equator. So it was nice to get 
the kids to maybe sleep a little bit longer <laughs> and get their room darker. So getting out there, uh, maybe a little bit, we talk about transportation. What, what other questions have we encountered? What to do on, on the island, which I mean, for us, Eric would take the car. So I ended up setting up where I would make freezer meals with a fellow spouse and we would, we would sell them. But for the spouses, there was a spouses group on the island. They would do play dates for kids. A lot of the single students would do like the catamaran, catamaran trips or trips to Beckway or neighboring islands. They would climb the volcano, which I'm not sure if that's open anymore since it blew. I don't know. I know the island is open again. I think, I think some people actually went on that. I don't think they can get all the way to the top like they used to, but I think they can still do some of the hikes there. I mean, experience what you can when you can, but... I wouldn't think of this experience as... An extended vacation. Yes. We did very little, and I don't... F- as much as it would have been nice to climb the island, climb the volcano, mm-hmm. or go on a catamaran, I don't necessarily feel like we we missed out. Like we can, we can go on a vacation later when we have more financial stability, when we don't have to take the kids with us. They can go spend a week at grandma and grandpa's or something. And we're not buying it or paying for it on loan. Right. So that was kind of our thought process. I know other families did do those things. They also had less children than we did. So that might play pay, play into what you decide you want to do. Well, what we did do, though, we did we did end up taking, on, during one of the breaks, a trip to one of the islands adjacent to... So St. Vincent is a uh, conglomeration of multiple little islands. And one of the other islands nearest to St. Vincent is Beckway. And so we went, took a ferry from St. Vincent to Beckway and spent just kind of a two days, day and a half. Yeah, we went in the morning and then we spent one night and then left in the late afternoon. And it was beautiful. And I think that was well worth the money spent. We went with a couple other families and then we just... Each family took a meal, and that was that was nice. Yeah, we played games. We had the kids sleeping in the in the hotel room, not really a hotel, but I'm not, I'm not sure how you would describe it. It's kind of like a, it's kind of a hotel, I guess, but a little apartment that we had, and the kids would sleep, and we the adults would play games and talk, and we had the beach, you know, literally probably a hundred feet from our hotel room, and it was a perfectly beautiful water, clear, uh, and again, it's. You know, 80, 90 degrees every day. The water is warm. It's not It's not the freezing cold water of the Pacific Northwest coastline that we... <laughs> no, you can get in and not get hypothermia. Um, so yeah. <laughs> there is that. I'm trying to think of what other questions we've encountered. Uh, so some people might want to know about... I guess that we, we didn't really talk about... We talked a little bit about owning a vehicle per se as far as... But... Um, so maybe some nuances maybe people don't realize is that they do drive on the wrong side of the road. That's correct. Um, and the and your signals are at different places as in the vehicle as well. Well, you also sit on the other side of the vehicle. So instead of it being a, a left-hand drive, it's a right-hand drive vehicle. It just makes things different and challenging if you end up do driving a vehicle. Vehicles seem to retain their value pretty well even though sometimes the costs are a little bit outrageous by American standards. Like, for example, our vehicle that we purchased on the island, 
we purchased from another family that was leaving the island. Uh, we purchased a 2001 RAV4. And you might think, if you're a car person, you might think, well, say that that car is a has two rows, um, driver, passenger, and then the back passenger. So that's uh, five seats. And you just said you have a family of six. So how did you make that work? Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> they don't have seatbelt laws. They, they, they kind of do, but they kind of don't. The seatbelt laws are essentially, if there's a seatbelt, you should use it. They don't have car seats. We did bring a car seat for our, our baby, but um, they don't have car seats. So it was an interesting drive as a family. For that vehicle, I feel like we spent, I don't know, what was it, $7,000 US for, essentially? Yeah, we spent about as much as on that vehicle as we had purchased our 2009. Yeah, we had a 2009 Tribeca that we had we had owned in the States. And we basically spent the same amount of money on this Tribeca that we spent on this RAV4. That was eight years older. Yeah, and not not exactly the nicest. And they call, it, they call it a Jeep, just like they call dogs poodles. Yeah, all dogs are poodles. Whether it's a Rottweiler or a rat dog, like I think they were just typically just the small dogs were considered poodles, and then the the Rottweilers were just dogs. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting things about the island: dogs run around. There, there are a lot of stray dogs. There are families who own dogs, and therefore breeding home, and breeding home and home defense. And then there are strays, and you can tell the difference just based on how they look. Yes. Cows are everywhere. They will go across the road. You may have to stop for them. There are goats that are places. Chickens. Um, lots of chickens. Lots, lots of chickens. chickens. Oh, interesting. So people ask about food. So you don't always get the same food that you get in the States. You kind of just make do with what you can find. Um, for our island, we got a food delivery on the ferry every Wednesday. And so we grocery shopped every Thursday. Um, but it still was kind of, uh, questionable if you'd get what you wanted, especially around like holiday times, they would be low on eggs. So you may or may not get eggs. You may or may not get chicken. Um, there was sugar was out for a little while. Yeah. Coffee is not something that they do, which from the Pacific Northwest, like coffee is near and dear to our hearts. <laughs> which, is, you know, in, in, in hindsight, that's worked out great for Georgia because apparently in the South, we don't do coffee either. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> so we had to bring our own, we bought a stovetop coffee maker. A little espresso thing. And we had brought beans with us. That was actually something that was a very common payment for driving people to and from the airport. Please bring us back coffee beans. And we bought a, bean, a coffee bean grinder from a fellow student because they, they don't sell those on the island. So if you are into coffee, bring your own supplies. Yes, because yeah, because you can buy. They do they do sell coffee in the stores, but it's very expensive for something that looks like forgers. And if you're so if you're a coffee person, that may not be terribly appealing to you and then we ended up getting on that covid kick there was some early in covid somebody had done some video on the instant coffee with hot like what two tablespoons of hot water and you like blend it up and then you add milk i forget what it was called but we ended up actually kind of liking that and doing that was that was easier to do on the island uh you basically had equal parts coffee sugar and then i think it was one tablespoon of water 
and you whipped it up into like a foam and then you poured it over milk and that that tasted good it was cold you can get nice and cold quickly and the instant coffee was doable on the island what else milk milk is it's more if you've ever been to europe it's kind of more european style where it's the ultra heat it's the shelf stable yeah it's shelf stable it comes in a, a rectangle carton and it can sit on the shelf for years and then once you open it of course you have to refrigerate it but people do apparently drink that at room temperature our kids had mixed feelings about milk some of them absolutely did not want to drink it and others were okay with it and then some people of course would swear by powdered milk because you could get also powdered milk and just try to reconstitute it with water i was never successful kids did not take it i still have one child who will not drink milk and we've been back in the states for about six months and i cannot get him to drink milk yeah, not a fan. So that that was different. They have basically two grocery stores. I mean, if you go into Kingstown, there's more more than just two. But there's Massey's and Sunrise. Uh, and I think Massey's is actually pretty big in the Caribbean. I think most uh, Caribbean islands has a Massey's. Yes. Um, and that's, it's a big one. You can get a whole bunch, just about everything you want there. Same with Sunrise to some extent. It just depends on the prices. And so you, I would go to both depending on the day, depending on how much shopping I needed to get done and just try to get a good deal here and there. And you can get outside of uh, that Massey's where you have like the vendors uh, that would try to sell, you know, sell you fruits and vegetables, whatever they, they might have grown. Sometimes you get some pretty good deals. Like I think once I spent, I think 20 EC and I got basically like a whole bushel of bananas. Um, yeah, it's just, so vendors, vendors can go either way. We were, we are very white. <laughs> so they knew right away that we were foreigners because there are very few whites on the island and we got upcharged quite a bit, Some depending on the vendor. Why don't you explain, um, I guess, relate your experience? Because I, I would do most of the shopping, which it sounds weird just on traditional roles that some people take. And I, I was the student, then why didn't Karen go do shopping? But I think you had a few experiences that kind of made you... Well, it was, it was, so I, I am a 5'11 white woman. More and, like six feet. <laughs> um, walking through the grocery store and I kid you not, you are stared at. Like you are stared, you are like in a fishbowl and it was really, really weird. Um, and then you get hit up for money or somebody wants you to buy them something and they will inevitably add way more than what they initially asked you to buy for Did them. that happen to you or is it... That you're just kind of adding in my story a little bit. I'm adding in your story a little bit and stories from other other spouses because okay. that that is a traditional like it happened to Joseph. He did not tell Ruth. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it happened to um, Kylie as well. So it it was a common common tactic. It happened to Eric as well. So yeah, that that was more like I felt bad for some guy on the way on the way in. He talked. Their accents are very thick, so I I, I could be misunderstanding what he was telling me. Like, I had I had gone into Massey's on a Sunday, and on the way in, I ran ran into this guy who was explaining to me that he was I think he was a member of a church in local church in the area, and he was trying to get some teeth work done, and he's very low on money. But if I could just help him get some dairy products. And that would that would go a long way, and I thought to myself, "Well, dairy is not 
cheap, but it's also, I mean, I don't mind giving someone some dairy and some vegetables. It's not, it's not that much to, for me to do. And so I went in and did my shopping. I told him to go ahead and grab what he needed and as far, you know, what he said he wanted. And we would meet at the checkout stand and I would purchase it for him. And when I got to the checkout stand, he had, I'm not even really sure if he had dairy. He might've had like a block of cheese, but there was Cheetos there was uh, Axe, Axe Body, body spray. spray, a few other shampoos. And mind you, like Axe Body Spray is like a premium there. And, and it's not, I would not wear Axe whether I was in the States or on the island, but because it's not exactly a great smell in my opinion. But it's also very expensive. And I think he, he kept kind of going back and forth. Like he'd put stuff down on the conveyor belt as we were checking out. And he would go back out and try to get some more stuff. And at some point, like, I think he had grabbed like a bag of M&M's. I was just like, no. <laughs> we are, we're done. Uh, you, you, have, you have enough. This is not what you asked me for, but I'm not, I'm not going to create a scene here. And I, I, I just want to buy my stuff and get out of here. And if that means having to spend an extra 40 EC to buy your stuff or whatever it ended up being, then fine. Um, but your, your experience of being followed around, I do want to, I guess, point out, I don't know if it was necessarily a racist thing. There, there is a certain racial component that if you're white, you're, that means you're not from the island, which probably means stereotypically you are a tourist of some kind or you are just from america and generally americans are richer than the average average vincian and so they could hit you up for money because you probably have it i don't think it was necessarily as a like a racist thing per se no um, it's just different i don't think that i mean there are there were very few there were very few of us, and I am very tall. Um, and then, in addition to that, I don't know. I, I do know that, like, when you look at the crime rate on the island, they do, like, as a woman, if you go into Kingstown, you want to be careful. They're very, ha- they can be very handsy, very, very bold in some regards. I, I remember walking in Kingstown and seeing, it wasn't like a white person or anything like that, but I remember seeing, one of the locals just walk up on the street to another girl and put his arm around her and just start chatting with her like really close. And she, I don't know, at the 10 paces was able to break away from him and walk a different direction. Uh, so there was a very, and, and we're kind of cautioned before we even get to the island that, hey, they do have clubs that you can go to and dance at, but sometimes they can be a little bit more aggressive. And so... We would recommend not going to some of these clubs just because they could cause problems. And I know we're, we're, we're kind of focusing a little bit on the negatives of this island. And the island doesn't have, there's a lot of great things about the island. A lot of people are very nice and very, very good people. You are just about everywhere you go, you're going to run into somebody who's a little bit off. Whether it's United States or it's in St. Vincent or if it's in Europe, whatever it is. You're going to run into somebody who's a little bit different, a little bit off. And I think it's just about any foreign country you go to, any place you're not familiar with, you just got to have a certain level of caution. Yeah. But, I mean, it was nice. We had, so student, we'll go back to the student housing. Uh, Student housing, you did have maids that came in and cleaned twice a week. And they were very nice. We, We lucked out and in our in our rental, we also had somebody come in once a week and clean, which 
I've never had that before and probably won't have it again, but it was nice while it lasted. <laughs> but I mean, most of all, just kind of make sure your paperwork's in order. Make sure, like, it was very helpful for us. I had, we had, I think, six months to prepare to go to the island, and I had a list of what to do per month so that we didn't get overwhelmed and we didn't get swamped in the end, which we still got swamped in the end when we sold our house and had to get rid of everything. But I think it could have been a lot worse. Sure, sure. You could say that very I was, confidently. I was still working, yeah, so he she had worked to do until, all the work. like, basically the week before a couple weeks before we left basically i was in charge of watching the kids to a large extent and cleaning out the house and getting the house in in order so that we can move out and then the new owners could take over the house and we were doing well we started off well getting rid of and downsizing things good things some things go to goodwill some things went to the garbage dump and then probably towards the you know saturday was let's say saturday was deadline as we're getting to Wednesday, things were just getting thrown in my, my dad's truck that he let us borrow. And I'm just piling in just stuff. I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. We're just throwing it all out. It's all going to the dump. I'm tired of this. And because inevitably what would happen is I would, I would go to Goodwill to try to get rid of some stuff that I thought was decent quality. But then Goodwill would kind of kind of pick through it and be like, no, not this, not this, not this. And eventually I would end up having to go to the dump anyway. And I would have blown you know, two hours of two to three hours of my day doing that. So I was like, well, no. Instead of making two different stops and burning through a whole bunch bunch of my time, I'm just going to go to it and dump. Just going to dump it because I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to have to make four stops before I have to eventually go to the dump anyway. The reason why I was still working is because we ha we when we moved. I was, our youngest was three months old, and so I had to go back to work in order to keep my medical. My, my medical to pay for baby. So it wasn't like I was being completely heartless. No, no, no. <laughs> we were, we, we, there was a reason behind our madness. Yeah, but, but you, you can confidently sit there and tell me that it was, we, it was all organized and perfectly orchestrated. I didn't but. say it was perfect. I said it could have been a lot worse. It was a fire. It, I mean, we talk about a fire sale on the island when things were just going. We we were just like this table that we have. Sure, we just give it to our friends for nothing because even though it's worth probably about I don't know five hundred dollars, it's a giant kitchen table. It's gone. It's, it's gone now. Fire sale. Let's that go. was a nice table. It had the. the <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways. Oh well, it happens, right? So there's obviously a lot of. A whole host of things that people ask as far as going to the island. Obviously, what was a benefit to us was talking to other families, and even then, we didn't get a, a, a solid picture of what it was like going to the island. I yeah. think too. Ask ask to talk to families that are already there. Try and pack as be as min try to get it to a minimalistic Thank mentality. You. Yeah, and because you can pick up stuff on the island, pack what you absolutely must have, and and try to be realistic about it. And just be like, well, yeah, I, I can live without a hair dryer or whatever. Like, just try to be realistic about what you definitely can live without and what you definitely have to have in order to survive. And then, of course, just maybe making that list. You're probably going to miss something. But maybe talking to the students that are at the place and say, hey, what's what's available? If I'm if I'm really into, I don't know, yoga or whatever, what's, what's available as far as that's concerned? What are my options as far as this? Uh, telephone. Try to talk to students about how they manage the cell phone service because every island's a little bit different. 
We ended up going with a Google Fi system that kind of worked, kind of didn't. We couldn't do the on-island phone plans, which were like Flow and Digicel. Uh, and those would cost a good amount of money. And of course, if you use a U.S. plan internationally, that would cost a good amount of money. So just trying to be cognizant of that, talking to students, you get a good picture. And then at the end, just expect to be a little surprised, expect to be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I think the best advice that we were given was don't expect it to be like the U.S. Just come in without expectations and then try and make the best of what you are dealt. Oh, and buy BOP. BOP is the Caribbean form of death to bugs. This is coming from the person who just probably 10 minutes before we started this podcast was paralyzed in our utility room because of a dead cockroach. I wanted you to get rid of it. I didn't want to pick it up. She she wouldn't walk past this dead cockroach that had somehow got tracked inside of the utility room. It was dead on its back, curled into a ball. But Bop will kill anything and everything it touches, including your throat. So if you go into a room after you sprayed it, or if you spray a room and you're still in it, you'll slowly feel your throat get paralyzed. Because that's what, that's what the chemical does. It paralyzes things. And it was great at killing cockroaches. It was great at killing just about everything else. Yes. So my advice... Does not smell good. Oh, no, it doesn't. Even if you get the evergreen smelling one. Does yeah, not smell it does good. not smell good. You spray it before you leave in the morning, and then... or. In our case, we would spray it before we went to the pool or we would spray like the main area after the kids had gone to bed and we were going to go to bed. So we just hit that main area with the ma- with the front door so that we didn't actually have to be in the room with the, with the spray. All of those are good, good working plans, but by bop because they're, the bugs are big and they are plentiful. There's also lizards. Those are cool. Those are cool. We saw one in iguana. Oh yeah, there yeah. was an iguana. And then there's like this weird caterpillar, not caterpillar, it's like a centipede. Oh, those are poisonous. That was the only poisonous thing on the island. It's like seriously like six inches long, like an inch thick with a million legs. We had not seen one. So we went this whole time thinking of the little centipedes that we saw were the poisonous ones. And then one night, like we're getting ready to eat dinner and we see that that thing in our in our house yeah, and six inches long <laughs> i'm like oh that one must, inch thick that must be what legs. they're talking about <laughs> kill it <laughs> yeah we we got that one and killed it and he he went and joined the olympic swim team for all the other bugs that we we captured yeah we'll try and think of um if we've been asked anything else but i think those are the main ones is kind of how to educate your children what to bring and then what kind of flights that you should yeah. get tips and tricks of how to get in to and from the island. Yeah. yeah. The other main questions that we've had is how to come back stateside. And we can talk about that at a different time. And so, yeah, we should probably cap off the episode since we're running a little bit long. But again, we have a Instagram. So if you do have any specific questions, you can reach out to us via that, I believe. Yeah, just comment on a picture. I'll, I'll post something probably tomorrow. And how do they... MedFamilyMD... On Instagram. On Instagram. And of course, you could find our podcast, of course, on any of the main podcast channels, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Of course, if you feel inclined to leave us a rating on iTunes and a comment, I'm always happy to read those and see what those are. We'd love to be able to reach as many people as are interested in this topic so they have an opportunity to hear and interact with people and hopefully 
be a net benefit. But on that note, I guess we're going to sign off and call it a night. All right.